Collegiately speaking. Walks into the end zone. Touchdown. to the end zone. This is Collegiately Speaking. With the voice of Northwestern football and basketball, Dave Ennett, and former Northwestern star quarterback, Dan Persis. It's Collegiately Speaking. Let's go. And welcome to our second edition of Collegiately Speaking for the 2023 season. Dave Edit alongside Dan Persa once again as we head into week three for the Northwestern Wildcats. They will take off the Duke Blue Devils this week uh, and uh, coming off a win. Nice change of pace this week. Dan, we were sitting here last week after the Rutgers game and thinking, Man, this is tough. This was a tough game to watch, and it's going to be a tough season. And we don't know really how good UTEP's going to turn out to be, but I don't think that's really all that relevant at the moment. I think just getting a win and the way they did it was really important for this team. It was very impressive, and I think you said it. It was a little bit of a somber kind of day after after the Rutgers game, and, and I think everybody was wondering, you know, what, what does this team want to be? Um, and, and you mentioned it, right? So many teams make huge leaps in week one to week two. And I think they did that both from a, from a player standpoint and more importantly, in my mind, a, a coaching standpoint. You saw both Coach Braun and Coach Jake kind of come into their own a little bit. Uh, Coach Braun, I thought, sat back in the Rutgers game and was trying to feel it out. And rightfully so, right? It's his first game in the Big Ten, you know, calling, calling a defense. And, and you saw in this game, you know, understanding that they weren't getting great pressure just with the front four, bring a little bit more heat change the looks, getting guys more active. I thought the defense played great, made a bunch of plays. And then on offense, same kind of thing, right? You know, I was personally pretty critical of, of Coach Jake last week just because he it's felt like everything was static, didn't really try to establish the run game, did everything opposite against UTEP, right? Got, got you know, the run game going early and often, um, got the, the ball in the hands of playmakers, a lot of motion, a lot of easy, quick completions to get, you know, the receivers involved. So I thought top to bottom, they played great. I don't think you always look at stats, but there was one number that really jumped. Well, there were a couple that jumped out at me. Number one, no turnovers. And it's been a long time since we saw a Wildcat team not turn the ball over. But you look for balance in your offense. They had 204 yards. uh, They had 184 yards net rushing, 207 passing. I mean, that's that's about as balanced as uh, you've are going to get or as this team has been in a long time they have to be really happy about that i think so and that and that's the formula to win games right balanced offense yep. and, and take care of the ball um and you know unfortunately in, in, in college football you're going to have a lot of teams beat themselves with turnovers or or you know just stupid plays and if you stay away from those you'll you'll be in every game and and have a chance to win and and you know if you push utep the quarterback through a couple interceptions you know, you get a couple of turnovers early, you know, the game can tilt pretty quickly. And I think looking back at the Rutgers game, you know, there's a couple of plays early in that first drive, the drop pick, right? You know, mm-hmm. if you make that play, is the game that much different? I think so. And I think that's what the guys have to realize is there's so many different turning points in every game. Every play matters. You can't drop interceptions. You, you got to get off the field. And the more you do that, the more it snowballs, you know, either way, right? So I think it was completely opposite in the UTEP game. And they, they did a great job across the board. You know what's really exciting is is and we've heard this for a while and we heard it all through camp but this running back room is really strong and when you look at Cam Porter out there and, and I heard from a number of people after the game who said and I said this during the broadcast 
that's the Cam Porter that we saw in 2020 when uh, this team played in the Big Ten championship game and beat Auburn handily in the in the bowl game, in the Citrus Bowl. There's no question about it. When, when you look at injuries, right, especially significant injuries, very few, especially at, you know, skilled players, right, that are taking a lot of hits, whether it's receivers or, or running backs or whatever it is, um, you know, it takes kind of more than a year to get yourself back. And the first game against Rutgers, I don't think they got him involved enough, so you couldn't really see what was going on. Um, but UTEP, he, he looked like the same old guy, you know, powerful, putting his foot in the ground, you know, making big plays, not not trying to, to, to overdo it in any way. I, you know, I was I was really impressed. And I think Coach Jake has to continue to get the ball in his hands and the other playmakers to, to continue to build their confidence, right? If you stick them out there and, and you, you give them the ball after three drives, two times on, you know, second along, and they try to do too much. That's where fumbles occur and, and, and other bad things. I think just get these guys involved early and often, and, and everybody's going to do better. I thought the first drive Northwestern had after UTEP took the opening kickoff, went down and scored, and I thought, oh, no, here we go again, even though it wasn't a 16-play drive or anything like that. I said, this is going to be one of those. And and I thought the ensuing drive, the first drive by Northwestern, was was about as good a drive as I've seen in a long time. A lot of that was was Porter, but not all of it. And a lot of it was Ben Bryant, but not all of it. I mean, it was really, really kind of distributed well, and, and a lot of guys taking part of it. And and you look at the playmakers on this team. We talked about this last week. Guys like AJ Henning, Cam Johnson, the transfer who came in, who's uh, played at Arizona State, and before that, had played at Vanderbilt, and and Henning coming from Michigan, and then Bryce Kurtz was back. That certainly helps in the passing game, and and you think you got to get the ball in their hands, and I, I think they really did that. I mean, you saw AJ Henning on the jet sweeps. You saw the ball where Cam Johnson makes a great catch and a great run after the catch. That was even better right so and some great blocks downfield by receivers and you know i think that all adds up to a successful recipe for a team like this to get some momentum going in a football game and i think we saw that and i think it builds their confidence right you know same thing like we're talking about with with cam um you know you're not gonna not have cam johnson involved or or bryce kurtz or aj henning and then all of a sudden expect them to make you know some 50 yard one-on-one play it just doesn't happen like that you got to get their ball the ball in their hands get a couple bubble screens quick passes jet sweeps get the juices going and i think that's what you saw right you saw a very balanced offense that wasn't trying to you know especially that first drive you were referring to they weren't trying to get it all in one play right i think against Rutgers after they had that that long drive it was Long pass, good play, a couple good plays, and all of a sudden it's third and long, and, and you're punting the ball back to him, right? It was more more of a controlled, balanced approach than trying to get it all back with one big play. Well, let's talk to one of the guys who had a big hand in that opening drive. Taking the snap, this is Jack Lausch, and he will walk into the end zone for a touchdown. Jack Lausch, the sophomore from Brother Rice High School. We saw him at the end of last season in the Illinois game. They bring him in, they snap it to him, and he takes it in for a touchdown. The Wildcats within an extra point of tying the game. Well, one of the highlights on Saturday against uh, UTEP, and we're glad to welcome to Collegiately Speaking, number 12 for the Wildcats, out of Brother Rice, Jack Laus, Jack, Dave Ennett, Dan Percy here. How that feels Saturday to get in the end zone? 
You know, it was uh, it was awesome. First of all, appreciate you know you guys for having me on. Um, this was pretty cool, and you know, Saturday was awesome. You know, first of all, it was a great win for us. You know, just to get back in the win column. Um, you know, giving us some momentum going forward. And personally, it was, it was a lot of fun to go out there and you know help us win, make some plays. How many uh, friends, family did you have come up from uh, the South Side, South Suburbs to watch you play? Uh, there were there were a good amount, uh, not a crazy amount. My family, and then you know, a few other relatives and, and a few other local people. But, you know, hopefully that, that number keeps growing, um, and I'm looking forward to that. Jack, Dan Percy here. Thanks again for joining us. Um, how did it feel, you know, getting your first game action? Hopefully the, the package for you, you know, selfishly <laughs> continues to expand. Um, again, to today's point, how did it feel getting out there, you know, just running the ball, having a lot of fun, um, any past game things in the future. Tell us about what, what we can expect going forward as much as you can. Obviously. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, first of all, yeah, like you said, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, football is, is fun and it's a lot more fun when you can, when you can make plays and help your team win. Um, and so it was a, you know, it was a blast to get out there. Um, for most of all, just, you know, just, you know, just to play with those guys and, and to experience a win and, and a lot of great plays and then going forward um you know i'm just gonna whatever my role is whatever my job is i'm, I'm gonna do it to the best of my ability and you know, whatever i need to do to to help us win i'm gonna do um you know i'm excited for it going forward jack take us through your story and and how you ended up at northwestern because it's not a it wasn't a straight line for you from brother rice uh, to where you are now how did it all come about yeah so i um you know i was uh I didn't receive an offer here until late, until December of my senior year, about a week before signing day. Um, so, you know, that, that was a big decision I had to make. You know, I, I took a visit three, four days before signing day, committed a day later. Um, so, you know, that was, it was definitely a, a crazy week. Um, but looking back on, you know, it, it was an awesome week and, and it was a great decision for me. And, you know, again, I, I'm just excited to, you know, keep building relationships with people here and, and you know, hopefully, Know, keep helping this program move forward now give us an idea of of how you sort of chose between pursuing baseball and pursuing football because that's a tough dilemma for a lot of guys who have to to make a, a decision like that or try to do both which is very tough to do yeah so i uh you know you know one thing that that helped a lot was you know just following my heart and, and following you know, what I thought was best for me at the time. Um, you know, I knew that, that coming to a place like this was going to help me for not only on the football field, but, you know, I'm for a bunch of other reasons, you know, get a great degree. Um, and, you know, in my heart and in my mind, it, it told me to, you know, give this, give it a shot. Um, and, you know, I think this was, this was the perfect place to do it. And the opportunity just felt like, you know, if I'm going to give, give it a shot at football, this is the place to do it. Jack, looking forward to, to Duke this week. Obviously, a, a formidable opponent. Um, great, great team. Great defense. Uh, what impresses you about their defense and their team in general? You know, they're they're obviously you know they're they're really good. Um, I mean, they're big, big, fast, and physical. Defensively, they're they're really good. Um, you know, they do some some really good stuff on third down. Try to make it confusing. They try to get after you in a bunch of different ways. Um, and you know, they're tough. They're a bunch of good football players, and and. You know, they have speed all over the field, and, and I think, you know, we can we can do a good job of utilizing our speed and, and you know, same thing, physical toughness. Um, and they definitely bring a lot to the table, but but I'm excited to see what we can do out there. 
Yeah, I think I, I was pretty cr- critical of, of Coach Jake in, in the first game, and I, I thought he did you know, a, a great job of mixing it up, getting you involved, getting some easy, easy pass plays involved, getting the ball in the hands of playmakers uh, in the second game. So frankly, I was, I was really impressed with how everything went. Um, looking forward, it, what, what, are, what are you guys preaching? What are some of the themes that, that you need to continue to impress and pro- upon the players and, and push for against Duke? You know, I think um, a few things. I think one, just controlling what we can control, right? That's, you know, controlling controlling our purpose, controlling our, our, our routine, and, you know, controlling our passion for the game, you know, every day, one day at a time. Um, and offensively, like, just controlling the little things, being physical, um, you know, doing things the right way, being tough, and, and then finishing, you know, giving, giving your best effort on every play, one play at a time, and, and, you know, hopefully everything else takes care of itself. But, you know, just, just really – dominating the controllables i think i think is what we we've, we've been preached and i think we're going to continue to do that and even get better at that you know jack i've heard a few people say you know he kind of reminds me of a guy who used to play quarterback here uh wore number seven not number 12 <laughs> sitting in the studio with me now uh but uh did you ever get the opportunity to watch dan Persa play or you you too young too young. no i did i uh he was a beast. I, I've definitely I watched a lot of highlights. There's people people around here, most specifically uh, Coach Spanos has has definitely told told a lot about him to me. Um, and yeah, I mean I've definitely seen seen a lot of highlights, and, and there's been a lot of big wins. So you know that's that's definitely been something in my mind. Looking at you know trying to replicate some of those big wins, big seasons was there's a lot of watching watching right. Dan. So for I, sure, I think people would love that. How would you describe your skill set right now? What are, what are your real strengths, and what do you think you have to work on? You know, I think um, one thing that that I bring to the table is is just you know competitiveness and, and leadership. I think you know getting out there, I can, I can give a spark to these guys. Um, you know, even even if I'm not the one carrying the ball, I think just being out there, I can I can you know light a fire in these guys, and like I think people people are just excited. Um, and then, you know, I think playmaking ability, um, I think, I think I can make a lot of plays out there and make something happen. Um, and then, I mean, throw the football, I think even throwing the football too, like, I, I think I can make a lot of things happen out there. And then, you know, you can always get better at, you know, maturing and understanding the game of football and, you know, getting really good at, you know, down and distance understanding, Hey, like second, whatever here, like instead of taking the shot, maybe let's get the first down and stay in front of the chain, just little stuff like that. Um, you know, you can always get better at. Well, that's well said, all of it. Uh, we appreciate your time. Have to ask you. Now, I know you're, you're a South Side guy. So is it Sox or Cubs? Oh, this is, uh, I mean, I've honestly, I haven't been super diehard for either of them. When I was younger, it was a lot more Cubs. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Cubs. Um, but <laughs> I, I, I've never really been diehard for either. Okay, well, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Very political answer. (laughs) Hey, Jack, we appreciate your time. Uh, Best of luck, not only Saturday against Duke, but all season. Thanks for joining us on Collegiately Speaking. We appreciate it. Appreciate you guys. Uh, Thank you. All right. Take care. There he goes. Jack Lausch, quarterback of the Northwestern Wildcats, who really had quite a coming out party at Ryan Field on Saturday. All right. Thanks to Jack for joining us. Uh, Really well-spoken, bright, and obviously, as he said, a leader. And that's that's what you want, right? Especially for a young guy. 
I think he's he's kind of a throwback Northwestern player, right? He's he's probably a little bit under recruited. Um, you know, needs to work on his passing game a little bit more of a more of a project. And I don't mean that to be a derogatory term. I was a project, right? But a guy that works really hard, has a lot of fire in him. You know, is a great leader, provides a spark to the team. Um, I'm excited to, to see you know Jack develop. Um, he's an exciting kid. I, I've met him, you know, off the field as well. Really good kid, good family. Um, is going to bust his butt to, for the team. And I think the more you can kind of get those leaders in the locker room and, and, and steer the ship that way, um, the better off you're going to be. And I think on the field, he, he provides a huge spark to the team, right? I mean, he, he had probably, what, three, four plays, and one was a touchdown, one was a long run, he dropped one snap. But I think just adding different dimensions to the offense, especially when it involves speed, is is very important for these guys. We've seen some guys over the years. I mean, you, when Mike Kafka was playing, you came in. Right, and uh, there you try to get guys on the field who can help you, and we saw that when you and Kane Coulter were playing, and and Kane and Trevor Simeon were playing. I mean, sometimes it's it's a change of pace thing too, right? It's just another thing that defenses have to prepare for. I think when you when you look at hey, why is why is this team doing the swinging gate on the extra point when it, when they they have the guys all out wide and they bring them back in? you only have so much time to practice, right? So if you have to practice for that extra point and, you know, the the normal Northwestern offense and now you throw in a, a Jack Lausch uh, package, right? It's like another variable that they have to cover. And the more you can make that broad, um, you know, the more holes are on the defense at the end of the day. So I think, you know, just continue to hope, I hope Coach Jake continues to, to bring more variation like that because it's important, right? And I think it, it leads to big plays. By the way, kudos to Ryan Halinski, too, because here's a guy who started the season. Uh, everybody was patting him on the back after the game against Nebraska over in Dublin. Ended up starting a half dozen games and then lost the starting quarterback job. And uh, he comes in after you know, Bryant got shaken up on Saturday and comes in. They're backed up deep in their own end, in the shadow of their goal line. And uh, cool, calm, collected, back in his own end zone and finds uh, Joe Hyman on a screen pass that turns into an explosion play of 85 yards. Not an easy thing for a guy to do, right? Absolutely not. And I think credit to Ryan. He's, he's been through a lot, you know, um, you know, both at Northwestern and, and prior to that. But he's, he's been another guy that's been a great leader in the locker room, always stepped up for the most part when Northwestern has, has needed him. And he's obviously taken a lesser role than he'd probably want, right, going from starting in Ireland, having a great game to – having an up and down year last year to now he's the second or third quarterback. But again, you got to be ready when your numbers call. And he certainly was. Um, and you can kind of see it as he was running to the sideline and his energy that, that guys really gravitate towards him. So yeah, to your point, you know, good for him. By the way, what about Hyman? Huh? <laughs> he's a special, I don't, I don't honestly don't know. I didn't know a ton about him until I saw him take, you know, the, the ball 85 yards. I mean, we were talking before the show, that kind of speed we haven't seen a lot. Maybe Venrick Mark, a couple other guys mm-hmm. in Northwestern's history. But, you know, it's great to have weapons like that. You know, there's only so many guys, frankly, in the league that can, you know, create separation like that and, and, and pull off an 85-yard play. And there was clear separation. He was running. Oh, yeah. Guys had angles on him, and he torched them. So it, it, was, it was fun to see. I wonder if we'll see him at some point in the return game. And obviously you have a great return man. A.J. Henning, they haven't been able to get a, a punt return for him yet. Uh, and uh, Coco Osma's running back kickoffs. He's also dangerous back there. But when you look at Hyman's speed, you think, 
There might be a spot for him somewhere at some point because you want him on the field too. And especially because he's he's a backup, right? He's, right. he's a, a, a spell guy on offense and those other two guys are, are starters, right? And you don't really want to risk getting them hurt. But I think, you know, you got to get the ball in the hands of guys that can run like that. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, this week, Duke, uh, this been a tough game for the Wildcats last couple of years, although uh, last year in Evanston, they got down 21 nothing. They were coming back at the end of the game. The ball got popped out of Evan Hull's arms just as he was about to break the plane of the goal line. Uh, Cats were down by eight points at that point. If they score there, you kind of feel like they've got all the momentum. They're going to make the two-point conversion, go to overtime, and then all of a sudden... Duke comes out of there with it, and that's the ball game. But but uh, two years ago down there, it was not pretty. And this is a Duke team. It's, it certainly looks like Mike Elko's got his best team so far. And it's a team that won nine games last year and then opens this season by knocking off what was then the number nine team in the country and decisively, too. It's a great team. At the end of the day, you know, Coach Elko has done a great job, and and they have a lot of former Northwestern coaches down there who I know really well that right. I know are great coaches. Um, their quarterback, I think, is pretty special. He's he's a lot of people think he's kind of the the second coming of Daniel Jones, maybe a l- little bit more athletic and less of a passer right now. But I think even last year against us, he against Northwestern, he showed that he is fully capable of of torching a defense with his arm as well. So. Yeah, it's 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 going to be a challenge. Um, for whatever reason, Duke has always kind of had Northwestern's. Not, I don't know if they've had our number, but they've presented a lot of challenges. Um, you know, going back to my freshman year, two thousand seven, right, losing that game at home. Um, was that the night game? That was the night game when they had the the losing streak. That I think if they lost, they would overtake Northwestern and have yeah. a losing streak, and then. You know, um, we had a couple good wins down there, but, you know, even when the Clayton, Thorson, and co, they always kind of struggled, right? Even when they went on to, to win the Big Ten West, I don't think they beat Duke that year. They, they might have, but it's it's always been a really tough game for Northwestern, um, especially when it's down there. And, and I haven't looked at the weather, but hopefully it's not too hot. High of 85 on Saturday is what we're yeah. seeing. But, okay, not terrible. No rain. Right. Humid, no doubt. <laughs> right. Uh, let's we'll look at the schedule here a little bit, but uh, we've got to get to Super Joe's predictions, right? That's always a highlight. So here he is, Super Joe, with his predictions. Prediction to say or estimate a specified thing will happen in the future. Super, Super Joe's, Joe's predictions. predictions. Thank you, gentlemen. Always good to start off on the right foot. Had to sit through a bit of a rain delay, but if you're winning, you'll sit through anything. Bit of an ugly slate this week. Really was tough to pick a game, so I will say in-state. Illinois is playing host to the number seven Nittany Lions. Illinois' defense has not been good. They give up 416 yards to Toledo in the opener, and then 539 yards last week in the Bill Self Bowl. These two teams played a nine-overtime thriller back in 21. I do not see it being that close. I see the Penn State Nittany Lions covering the 14 and a half on the road here. Sophomore quarterback Drew Aller will lean on Katron Allen and Nicholas Singleton in the backfield. This is a team that has national title hopes. I think Penn State blows out Illinois and we go to 2-0 on the picks here. Fun note, ESPN's college game day starts at 8 a.m. Central Time. Toe meets leather between Colorado and Colorado State at 9 p.m. <laughs> Get some rest. No doubt. Wow. I mean, Colorado... They're playing at all different times of the day. <laughs> They're going to kick games off at 10 o'clock out in Boulder and play late at night. But uh, right now they've got the eyes of the nation on them. Uh, I, I think Penn State, they do look tough. This, obviously, it's a little different. It's the first Big Ten game for the Illini. 
they're jacked up for this playing at home. Uh, coming off a, a tough one, though, no doubt about it, the game at Kansas last week, though they did come back. Uh, the final score maybe wasn't as close as uh, or, or the final score didn't really indicate how uh, lopsided that game was for a long time. So this is a big bounce back week for them. I think so. Penn State is a great team. Let's let's no buts about it. They're they're a great team. That quarterback is Drew Allers playing really really well. Um, I think folks at Illinois would thought they'd get off to a better start um, given the year they had last year and and but they had a lot of turnover on the staff too. A lot losing their defensive coordinator and um, that's that's a bigger blow than most people think. So you know hopefully Illinois can can bounce back. But uh, I'm not going to disagree with Joe. I, I think Penn State's gonna gonna roll there. Wildcats uh, will play Minnesota a week from Saturday at home as they will reopen Big Ten play. That's going to be a night game, a 6.30 kickoff at Ryan Field. And we're to find out a little more about both teams this week, the Wildcats playing at Duke and Minnesota also not far away playing at North Carolina. Uh, you know, they had the, uh, the opening win over Nebraska, solid win at home over a Big Ten team, then uh, beat Eastern Michigan last week, but... I think this will be a tougher test for them. And I, I look at that game, Dan, and again, it's two weeks away, and you don't know what's going to happen this week and uh, whether it's hard to get an indication sometimes with these early season games of how good a team is. But I, I think Northwestern's going to have something to, to prove against Minnesota in two weeks. First up, though, they got to get past Duke. Yeah, I think so. And to your point, I think most teams kind of start to round out in that third game, right? You, the mm-hmm. first game's a little bit of an anomaly. You don't know the, the players and, ha- and the coaches. There's a lot of new things. Second game, folks start to, to settle in. So it's you, you compare the first and second and the third game, you, you figure out, especially yep. if you're playing good teams, who, who they really are. So yeah, I think it's it's super important to, to have a good showing against Duke and um, just settle into to an identity on both sides of the ball and then get back into Big Ten play. You know, we've talked a couple times, uh, Ted and I, on the broadcast about the game. Uh, I don't think it was the last time down there. That was that was a blowout two years ago down there. But previous to that, an 18-play drive by Duke right before halftime. It was hot, kind of steamy. And I think that uh, in the second half, Northwestern's defense was just gassed. They gave up two 16-play drives in the first half at Rutgers, obviously against this team, in their stadium, they're they're pumped up for this game. Uh, that's something they can't afford. They can't afford a start like that, and they really need do need to start better. I know David Braun was asked about that this week. Uh, both opponents have scored on their opening possessions, and it's something they got to figure out. I think so, and I think Coach Braun did kind of figure it out throughout the rest of the game. I think the first drive, he, in my opinion, sat back again and, and couldn't get any pressure. Um, I think he's he's now found it. While while the defensive line is is improving, they're not going to get a ton of p- pressure on great teams with just four. So they got to f- have different looks, different blitzes. Um, and you and I have both talked about that the strength of their defense is the back end, right? So leave them on an island, make them yep. make plays, and and lean on you know the, the best part of their defense. Yeah, boy, there's some guys really playing well. Devin Turner looks he's playing like great. He's, yeah, he's terrific. So. Uh, it'll be fun. Uh, Saturday, of course, we'll be there. Our WGN Radio will bring you the game. Uh, we'll have the pregame at 2 o'clock Central Time, kickoff at 2.30 from Wallace Wade Stadium, Durham, North Carolina, and then uh, back home to take on Minnesota a week from Saturday under the lights at Ryan Field. Dan, thanks. We'll we'll look ahead to that game next week. Be fun. Thanks. Thanks again. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of Collegiately Speaking. Many thanks 
to Dan Persa. Thanks to Jack Laust for joining us, our producer, Jack Heinrich, Super Joe for his predictions. I'm Dave Ennett, and we'll talk to you next time on Collegiately Speaking.